Welcome to The Road to Rural Prosperity, featuring stories about rural Oklahoma and rural America. Guiding us on the journey today is our host, Ron Hayes. Well, thanks, Billy, and welcome to our newest conversation today on The Road to Rural Prosperity. Joining us today, very pleased to have the Speaker of the House of Representatives for Oklahoma, the Honorable Charles McCall, who serves as the Speaker for the 57th Oklahoma Legislature. He was first elected as Speaker for the 56th Oklahoma Legislature, then re-elected for the 57th Legislative Session a year ago. He was the first Republican Speaker from Southeastern Oklahoma ever. He serves House District 22, and is from and has spent much of his life in Atoka in the southeastern part of our state. Our conversation with the speaker today being powered by the Public Service Company of Oklahoma. They've been around since 1913. PSO serves about a half a million customers across eastern and southwestern Oklahoma. We're proud to have the Public Service Company of Oklahoma as a part of our Road to Rural Prosperity family. And we'll be back with the Speaker of the House, the Honorable Charles McCall, in just a few moments. PSO provides electricity service to more than half a million customers across Oklahoma. Increasing reliance on natural gas and renewable energy is our future. Cleaner, more affordable energy to power our lives. A strong Oklahoma economy boosted by new jobs, increased revenues for rural communities and schools. Together, our energy is boundless. The Petroleum Alliance represents every segment of the oil and natural gas industry, speaking with one voice when advocating for the interest of its members, landowner partners, and employees. Our mission is to enhance Oklahoma's economy and every segment of the energy industry. Howdy neighbors and welcome to the Road to Rural Prosperity. We are at the state capitol here in Oklahoma City as the state uh, legislative session for 2020-2020. And we've got uh, the, the Speaker of the House with us today, the Honorable Charles McCall from uh, from Atoka, from the southeastern part of our state. This is your, actually you've uh, served as Speaker both the last legislative session and then this session as well. I, I guess what, that, that probably makes it a little bit easier the second time around as far as the, how, how to really approach things, doesn't it? It, it does. With, with time, you're, you're able to just work uh, more functionally with one another. But it's, it's been a great opportunity. What's the big boost for the 57th legislature, mm-hmm. which was 2019 and now 2020, is just the economic situation mm-hmm. in the state of Oklahoma. We went from probably the, the toughest of times in Oklahoma to, to the best of times. Right. And so you've, kind of, you've seen both of those, obviously, both, uh, you know, as a committee chairman and then as speaker. Yes. I, this is my eighth year total in the legislature. And I can remember back in 2013, my first session came in. We had a slight surplus that year. But from four, from 14 on through, you know, roughly 17, um, you know, it was a it was either flat or, or decline a contracting economy here in Oklahoma from a revenue standpoint. Right. Well, let's talk about how you got to the Capitol. Well, give me a little bit of your background. You I mean, you grew up in, in southeastern Oklahoma, did you? Yeah, I've lived all my life in Atoka. I wow. mean, I'm just a, I'm a rural product of, of Oklahoma. I love the town. I grew up there, went to you know, Atoka Public Schools, um, went off to college, University of Oklahoma, 
and, uh, and then went back home afterwards. Mm-hmm. Just just love the rural setting, and uh, our family is in uh, is in banking. Um, has been for multiple generations. We are a small community bank, which is uh, uh, which is re- relationship driven. It's people driven. It's customer driven, and that has had been a real um, that's been very helpful to me in terms of of this job and representing House District Twenty Two and and being a voice at the state for for rural Oklahoma because. You know, I get to talk, I get to sit down and talk with the cattleman and the rancher, the small business person, and um, the retirees, and and so it's um, you know you you kind in a small town you get to you kind of get to walk in everybody's shoes a little bit, and mm-hmm. and so I think that's valuable, and uh, and it's it's great to be able to be at the capital and bring a rural perspective um, to the issues that are discussed here. So, so as you uh, obviously got, got home after college, uh, after your university uh, training, you went in to uh, follow your, your folks' uh, footsteps and came, went into the banking uh, business. What got you interested? What, what kind of called you to run for uh, the House of Representatives? Really, the people did. I did not. I never had this on my list to do. Um, when I returned home to Atoka, um, spent a, a few years, you know, just being back in the community and being part of the community. And people asked me to run for a city council seat that had had opened up. And I didn't really have a lot of interest in that, but um, a lot of people in, encouraged encouraged me to do that. And so I did. And, and um a year later, the uh, the mayor of the city of Atoka vacated, and the people said, "Why don't you run for that? <laughs> you did a good job." I, and I said, "I'm not sure I'm ready." And they said, "Well, you you should because it's open." Mm-hmm. And um, after you know some thought and, and a level of support, I did, and mm-hmm. those were contested races as well. And uh, People had trust in me, and and um, I served in that position for seven years until our state representative in the area termed out. wasn't thinking anything about uh, running for the state legislature, but once again, people said, "Hey, we we think you can even do, you know, a better job for." us at the at the state level and we'd like you to consider so i guess we uh, the concept of terming out that means that you know that wasn't uh, around uh, an earlier generation so that uh, that probably is i'll open up the opportunity for a lot of your colleagues yeah we we we, we will have uh, you know we'll have four this year which mm-hmm. is which is a, a small number uh in that only four in the house of representatives uh, or will be in their final year this year um, there'll probably be some others. Uh, there are others that have decided not to maybe seek reelection or run for, or, you know, a Senate seat or whatnot. Um, so there's always, there is always constant change. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as, as you made that decision to run for uh, uh, the uh, House of Representatives uh, here in Oklahoma City, you know, as, as you won, as you came up, what what did you what, what sort of expectations did you bring with you to uh, to the state capitol? Well, just, uh, you know, your, your thoughts, uh, no matter what district you serve, your thoughts are to go to the state capitol and, and represent those 37,000 people that, that elected you. And um, where I live and where I grew up in my experience is primary in the, that rural setting. And mm-hmm. um, I have had had the experience of more of a, you know, also a suburban you know, setting in, in my college years. But, but, you know, the expectation is, 
you know, go make sure that you're that the that the the lifestyle and the priorities, the you know, what I call the the rural lifestyle is not mm-hmm. you know, that the, that those things are voiced. And when we discuss policy, how's that policy going to affect rural Oklahoma? Not just urban, suburban, but also rural. Uh, we have a pretty good balance up here at the moment um, in terms of the go- you know the executive our governors you know from Tulsa um, our the Senate pro tem is from Edmond it's kind of a suburban area mm-hmm. of Oklahoma City and and uh, the speaker is from the rural part of the state so um, it's been great to when we sit around the table to talk about things and and how how's you know policy is going to impact. Um, it's been helpful in making sure that we have policy that works in all four corners of the state without forgetting a certain uh, geographic location or, or segment of our citizens. Right. So as you, uh, as you, you know, came, you started, you know, you got able to start serving on you know, specific committees and start rising in the ranks of, of leadership. Uh, do you feel that that uh, you, you've tried to keep that perspective, that rural perspective, all along to uh, to make sure that uh, you're able to uh, go back home and look folks in the eye and say, "I'm I'm doing I'm doing good for you." Yeah, absolutely. And if you're every representative, better do that. <laughs> I mean, we get a report card every two years. Yeah, um, you have to be a, you have to be a representative of your district first. I mean, it is an honor to be a speaker of the house. Um, and that requires you to, you know, your caucus mm-hmm. and the House of Representatives, uh, va- you know, put you in that position. You have to listen to everybody, but you you still have to be a representative of your district. Right. So we're, we're talking today with the Speaker of the House of Representatives for the state of Oklahoma, House Speaker Charles McCall from Atoka. And uh, we'll continue today here on the Road to Rural Prosperity in just a moment. For over a century, Public Service Company of Oklahoma has served more than half a million Oklahomans and is committed to providing reliable and affordable energy to power the next generation. PSO continues to increase their reliance on natural gas and renewable energy like wind because when natural gas and wind work together, all of Oklahoma benefits. The Oklahoma Rural Water Association. They've been representing water and wastewater systems across Oklahoma since 1970. The Oklahoma Rural Water Association was formed to enhance the quality of life in rural Oklahoma through the development and delivery of services and programs for the benefit of ORWA members and the rural people they serve. Welcome back to the Road to Rural Prosperity. I'm Ron Hayes. Glad to be along with you folks today and joining us in his offices here in the state capitol, our uh, House Speaker for Oklahoma's uh, State Representatives, uh, Charles McCall. Uh, Representative McCall, thank, thank you for, for being with us today. And, you know, there are a lot of things that you're going to be dealing with here. Obviously, the next several months, you've got uh, thousands of bills potentially that, that could be uh, worked on. I know you've got a lot of shell bills that, that have been introduced as well, waiting waiting to have something inserted into them at one point or another. But one issue that kind of rises uh, in these uh, start of a new decade uh, time frame, 2020, means that we're facing redistricting. And there's some folks out there that want to change the way that we do that. Uh, your, your, your thoughts on this whole process of redistricting? Yeah, right. Ron, first of all, it's great to be with you today. Thank you. And uh, always uh, I look forward to the opportunity to, to 
to be with you talk about uh, issues that face rural Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Um, and certainly that's I'm a product of rural Oklahoma, still live there today and and think it's a great place to live uh, with. So every 10 years, we are required to redraw uh, district boundaries for mm-hmm. the for the House, the, the Senate and the congressional districts here in the state of Oklahoma. That time has come again. In fact, uh, when I was first elected in 2012, the new districts had just gone into effect. Um, and as soon as we have the new census uh, data and counts here in the state of Oklahoma, we'll, we'll start that, that process again. Right. So with regard to the people that this, uh, this group that purports to be a, uh, you know, an individual-led effort, mm-hmm. what we really – People in rural Oklahoma and the state of Oklahoma need to be very careful with this. Now, this is what the state question, state question 804, 804. Uh, which seeks to take away the redistricting process from the legislature and put it into the hands of an of an arbitrary panel of people appointed by the courts. Um, and so, first of all, I you know, the groundwork and what's important is I want I want the people to know that right now, the current process, it's their voice that is being that is being considered in that process. Each one of the elected officials that they elect and are accountable to them Mm -hmm. are part of that process. And so that's very important. I think state question 804 is deceptive in that. It's going to take the power away from the people and concentrate it into the hands of a few people, a group of a few that have absolutely no accountability to the people. As of right now, if you don't like what your state representative or your senator, you don't like their performance, mm-hmm. you don't think that they are standing strong for your district on your views, you can replace them. That will not be the case if state question 804 is uh, successful. Now, the, the, this particular measure, it, it's, uh, uh, there, there's a lot of out-of-state uh, influence on this particular state question. Uh, at this point, uh, if, if indeed it was adopted, in other words, it, it became the new way that we would redistrict in, say, 2022, what, what would that look like? Well, first of all, for the rural parts of the state, it, it will diminish the voice and the power of rural Oklahoma. You, you have to you go no further than just read the media uh, print from the urban areas. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've they they like this because it, it first transit, you know, it transitions more power out of rural Oklahoma into the urban sectors of Oklahoma. So there's a there's a big there will be a it'll be a huge loss for the rural parts of the state. Um, they will be the biggest loser of 804, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. There are, and there are other factors uh, that go along with that, Ron, um, in the way that they want to uh, count uh, people who are incarcerated in rural parts of the state. They no longer uh, want to count them in those geographic areas. They want to. They want transfer those numbers to other places. Mm-hmm. I think another thing that's worth uh, noting is right now, when we redraw the, the House districts, we use no political data in our determinations. We don't, that's not part, uh, we don't draw lines based upon 
well, we've got a certain group that's uh, this party affiliated over here. I want them in my district. People are just counted where they are, and mm-hmm. their lines are not drawn based upon uh, political information. 804 will make it very political and partisan. And, um, and so, once again, I see nothing that um, – I see this state question 804 be very detrimental to rural Oklahoma and fully believe that it's just an, it's an idea and an initiative that's pushed by out-of-state billionaires that don't like the fact that the people of Oklahoma, uh, they want to rewrite the rules because they – can accomplish the agenda through the the current process. My, my understanding is that there, there's this is kind of a template uh, that's actually been promoted in some other states as well. It has. Uh, we're not the first to see this, mm-hmm. um, but the main thing I can't cannot reemphasize enough: the people need to think in terms of. Right now, the ultimate power lies with the people of the state of Oklahoma. The current process, they hold their elected officials accountable. Mm-hmm. If they transfer this to a, this different group under 804, they are giving they are giving their voice to a very small group of people with no accountability. Right now, the accountability, it's not a small group. It's a big group. It's 101 in the House, 48 in the Senate, right. the governor, and um, – who are all accountable to the, to the people of the state of Oklahoma and are subject to uh, the wrath of, of the, the people if they're very uh, unhappy at each election cycle. And I guess, to be real honest, we, we saw uh, some of that uh, democracy, if you want to call it that, emotion uh, during the, uh, obviously with the teacher strike and, and all the uproar over education uh, a couple of years ago, I guess your, your first time as, uh, as speaker, we, we had quite a uproar. And uh, there were a lot of folks that uh, did not like what was done by uh, one of their members, by a member that was representing them. And they, they ran in response to that. Well, and you exactly. And that's that's the exercise of democracy and the power of the people right. in this state. But let, let me pivot a little bit and let me talk about how the process currently works. And 804 is a, a purported solution in search of a problem here in Oklahoma. We don't have a problem with the, the current system that we have. Right. There's never been a court that has adjudicated a gerrymandering uh, claim in the state of Oklahoma. There's never once been found to be any playing with the lines. We have to – there are certain parameters, guidance that the courts have given. We follow that. But we engage the people all throughout the state. Ten years ago, we sent out subgroups, subcommittees, the House of Representatives, to all throughout Oklahoma to, to listen to the people, take input, what they thought, uh, answer questions about the process. We're going to continue to do that. I think the other the folks on pushing state question 804 would have you believe that we all get in a room and we close the door and we've we have a you know a a marker or a a pen and we just draw these things. (laughs) Uh, That's that's not the case. Um, My house district changed 
as a result of the of of the last um, last census last census, and uh, we know populations have increased. Mm-hmm. In certain parts of the state, primarily in the urban areas, things will have to to shift. Districts will get will probably get bigger in the rural parts of the state because of that population uh, change. But once again, keeping it in the hands of the elected is all about keeping it in the hands of the people. Mm-hmm. And we're going to listen to the people, and we're going to make sure it's done done fair. Right. Let's talk about a couple of issues that are facing the legislature here in 2020. One that uh, I know you've got, I think, a bill that you're uh, you're dropping uh, in regards to uh, to health care, trying to address some of the uh, some of the issues out in rural Oklahoma. Absolutely. Uh, we in rural Oklahoma, we face a, a real access problem to health care mm-hmm. um, in terms of facilities, in terms of medical professionals. And some things that we're, we're trying to do to make, to grant uh, more access um, has to have to do with the licensing of medical professionals. Um, we, we are able to, to grow, uh, educate, and equip medical professionals here in the state of Oklahoma. A lot of our rural areas of the state uh, run along the borders of our state. Mm-hmm. And one of the measures I've dropped this year is to rec- to allow the recognition of licenses from other states to allow those providers to practice in rural Oklahoma. So um, where we may have a shortage uh, in rural Oklahoma, we might be able to draw some practitioners in from uh, around the borders of our states from other states to fill those gaps. Right. Regarding budget. Yeah. Budget uh, is, of course, uh, always uh, kind of top of mind. Everybody that comes here to the Capitol that, that's trying to serve because uh, you kind of know coming in the general number of dollars. You get that adjusted a little bit during the session. But we are a budget. We have a, a government, a state government that has to balance the budget before you can say signy die. That's right. And we will balance the budget. I think the budget is going to be strong again this year. Uh, we don't have the growth revenue that we had last year. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's, you know, there's nothing that we're worried about. Um, I think there's some key priorities that we need to, you know, focus on. Um, we will, we need to continue to always save a little bit of money to build up for that next um, downturn in energy because we still are very dependent and impacted by what happens in the energy sector. Um, in our part of the state, I hope this is a great year for, for agriculture. That is a big driver in our state, mm-hmm. and it's, but it is the biggest driver in my home district. Um, but we are, we'll be working off what revenues came in this past, past year and what's projected to come in through, through June. I think it's going to be a robust um, budget again, and the money's off a little bit, but once again, uh, it's going to be another positive year. What, what, what are your priorities? Do you have any particular priorities budget-wise? Oh, of course. I mean, we just overall, we need to foster the, you know, in policy wise, we need to foster the, the right environment right. for our for rural Oklahoma to thrive and prosper, urban, suburban, everybody, because they all contribute into the to the state's economy and ultimately those those revenues. You know, education is always a, uh, a priority for the House of Representatives 
infrastructure in terms of road and bridges, but also the conservation dams, the flood control right. dams in rural Oklahoma. Um, and so, you know, those are health care will be a, a big issue this year. Uh, Governor Stitt just had a press conference. Glad to hear that he talked about rural Oklahoma, and we need to make sure that we have uh, that we have health care access and facilities in rural Oklahoma, and they need to be strengthened. No, no doubt that will be a, 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 a quite a conversation over the next couple of months regarding health care in in our state. Well, I like you. I like what I'm hearing so far, and and. I think under Governor Stitt's, what he's rolling out, likely uh, it looks like, you know, we can do that without any increase in revenue to the people at this time, which is which is uh, very thoughtful and, and I think the right approach. Right. You know, as, as we wrap up today here on the road to rural prosperity, Mr. Speaker, you uh, obviously come from uh, southeastern Oklahoma, from a rural district. What, what do you hear? And what have you heard as you've come back for this uh, this uh, session of the legislature? What are you hearing from your constituents uh, that, that kind of give you your marching orders? This is the this is the first year that I've gone back, and people are just uh, the the overall our overarching message is we are really happy. We think gov- we think our state government is functional. We see the House and the Senate working together. We see them working with the, the governor and making tremendous strides forward in terms of, you know, the state's overall reserves going from 70 million to 1.1 billion in 18 months to see the progress that we've made in education, progress we're making in health care, our roads and bridges are much improved and we're, we're leading the country. You know, we're one of the country's leaders in that area. Right. We still have work to do. A lot of positives. There are a lot of challenges before us. But right now, it's the environment in Oklahoma, I think, is the most stable that we've that I've seen in the eight years that I've been here. Okay. So um, I think I hear the people saying, keep it in the middle of the road <laughs> and uh, keep doing a good job. And. But the House of Representatives, uh, we're always in our districts. We're listening to the people. We're here to take care of the issues that they want us to take up. Speaker of the House of Representatives for Oklahoma, the Honorable Charles McCall. Charles, thank you very much for your time today. Ron, thank you anytime, and I appreciate the opportunity. On the road to rural prosperity, I'm Ron Hayes. We'll see you soon. Thanks for joining us for today's Road to Rural Prosperity podcast. You can join the conversation about how rural Oklahoma can prosper by looking for us on Facebook. And you can find our growing number of conversations on our website, ruralprosperityok.com. The Road to Rural Prosperity podcast series is a production of the Radio Oklahoma Ag Network and oklahomafarmreport.com. Proud to be a part of the family of the Funk Companies.